and welcome to another spooky episode of Koto Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I bid your welcome as your host, the man, the myth, the horror, the legend, Mark Koto, aka Koto Man. Koto Man? Who's this Koto Man person? Ha! I'm taking over this show right now. Wait a minute, who are you? I'm just your extra variant. I'm Ghostface Koto. <laughs> Ghostface Koto? Who, who's Ghostface Kodo? I mean, where, where are my other variants coming from? This isn't the multiverse. I got my good friend DJ Apollo here from Tales of Music and Film to uh, to help me out. Is that is that right? Uh, yes, Mr. Uh, Ghostface. I believe you you wanted me to be on the show to help because you. I believe you said that I know a lot about scary movies, so you asked me if I could be on here, and I was like, sure. Well, hello there, DJ Apollo. How you doing? Well, I am just doing grand. Um, gotta say, honored to meet you. Think you're pretty cool. You're very iconic in the slasher world. Um, I'm still bummed that we have no news yet as of when Scream 7 is going to be. We're still waiting on yeah. that to come out. I mean, hey, I do know one thing. Ever since we, ever since the first Scream film came out and, uh, Ooh, what year was it? Oh, I get it. Nin- 1996, which is, I'm pretty sure that's probably uh, two years before uh, you were born and uh, this Kodo Man guy was born. And, I mean, there were still some ho- horror movies, even slasher movie genre as well. But even this one from Wes Craven, that was something. Yeah, and... We are covering, I believe you said that you wanted to cover the film that started this whole franchise. We're going back to the very beginning. Yep. So anyway, um, when I heard about this, I, I didn't I didn't know about this Kodo Man guy. I mean, hey, I heard he's done, so done a lot of movies. I know you have seen a lot of scary movies. Is that right? Yes, I've I have seen a lot of scary movies. Horror is my favorite genre too study and watch in my spare time yeah same here hey even though i mean I, i've seen alfred hitchcock's uh, psycho the, the the shining from stephen king and then of course some of the tim burton movies what you're not yeah a, you're not a whole lot of scary movies Kodo man i mean okay yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh it's right hey hey i got a scary movie for you how about we talk about the first scream movie Scream? Yeah, Scream. The film that kind of started it all. Why do you think I'm standing here in the first place? Am I right, DJ Apollo? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Why not not we talk about the very beginning? Yeah. So anyways, anyways, the first Scream film came out in 1996. It's basically, obviously, an American slasher film. That is directed by Wes Craven, who is very well known for directing Nightmare on Elm Street that featured Freddy Krueger. And then, and then of course, uh, the film stars David Arquette, Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, and Drew Barrymore. It's set in a small American town of Woodsboro. And, of course, the plot of the film follows high school student Sidney Prescott and her friends who, on the anniversary of her mother's murder, 
become the targets of a costume serial killer known as Ghostface. So I guess I'll start by saying that Scream really runs in my family. Um, my mom and I, my mom was the one who introduced me to the Scream franchise back when I was around I was 16 or 17, I believe, when I watched the first four films for the first time. And I fell in love with them instantly. Um, they were one of the first like major horror films I watched because um, I wasn't really into horror yet at the time. But they were the first films that really introduced me to the genre of slashers. My parents went on a date um, in 1997 to see Scream 2 in theaters. And I've seen, my mom and I have went to theaters to see Screams 5 and 6. And we both had amazing times uh, seeing those in theaters. Um, I'm very happy that the franchise is up and running again. I think 5 and 6 are the best installments we've gotten since the first movie. And I'm very excited to see what this, what the studio is going to do with 7. Um I love this franchise to death, as I've said, and I went to uh, Flashback Weekend, which is a a horror convention. I have you have you guys watched the last episode that I did with Kota Man? I mentioned this uh, Flashback Weekend is a horror con, and Rosemont near Chicago. And this past August, uh, they had three had uh, four guests from Scream. They had Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, and Rose McGowan, and they had a stop man who played Ghostface in the first two movies and here is the picture quality is not exactly the the, the greatest but you can kind of see them oh that is awesome yeah yeah that is awesome i remember seeing that picture in the and when i was when, when we did the last episode wait you did a last wait you did though you did a you did an episode before me yeah exactly we were talking uh, DJ and Paul and I, we were talking about uh, we were talking about Army of Darkness. That's when he first showed me the picture. It was an awesome pic. It was an awesome picture. Yeah, I agree. That that was an awesome picture. Yeah, and it was a very big it was a very big honor on my part to meet them. And uh, I actually uh, the other part I loved about the convention was that I ran into there was quite a bit of uh, scream related costumes at the convention so that was very cool and uh i just think the franchise keeps getting better with every installment um i think wes craven would be very happy to see that the franchise is living on and um i'm just happy that we're getting new Scream films again. I feel very fortunate to be a part of this generation where we get to see these again. Now, Koto Man, I believe you've said you've you've only seen the first one, right? Yes, I have. I I watched the first one over the weekend in preparation for this episode. Oh, good. Oh, good for you, Koto Man. You must have loved that movie. In fact, I have. I actually like this. I actually love this movie. I mean, horror movies is. I wouldn't say horror movies is like my top favorite genre, but coming this time around in October, which is we are actually nearing the end of October, by the way, it, I would I would just want to sit down and watch something. I mean, hey, even though it, even though if it even is a horror movie combined with different genres, is it's still fun. It's still fine. 
it is a comedy film too. It's not just a slasher genre. I mean, that, yes, that's true because there are definitely some comedy elements to it. Okay, Carter man, take it easy. I know you're excited, but anyway, I know this movie. This movie, even though this movie is a slasher genre, like like the Halloween movie, even Nightmare on Elm Street. Heck, you can probably argue Psycho. In fact, this movie references a lot of a lot of other slasher movies and horror movies as well. Did you notice that when you were watching Scream? Well, what I like what I like most about what this film did was that you know it really really redefines the term meta, where it's like you have a serial killer in a ghost face costume. And he kills his victims on whether or not, you know, like he stalks them through a phone and then he, you know, asks them a series of questions. And if they get one wrong, either they or a friend of theirs is killed. And it's just a very interesting dynamic. And it's a very creative, you know, thing to use. And the meanwhile, you know, in, in this in this in the screen franchises universe, like you have the stab movies which is scream within scream. So it's just like the fourth, it's just the meta-ness just keeps getting more and more just. Oh, oh my goodness. That, that, out that's, there. Pretty meta, that's pretty meta too. That's like, that's like playing on, like you said, it's playing on scream. Like, like scream, like you get scream one and then you get stab one, you get scream two, then there's stab two. Like how meta is, is this franchise? Yeah. Like, the movies are retail like stab is you know it's the same thing like it's a scream it's a movie within a movie it's scream within scream it's the same you know plot just with that universe's actor so it's it's it makes it even more just like what it's a lot to take in like scream 2 literally opens with this young couple going to see the premiere of the first scream movie which is recapping but them seeing Stab One, which is literally the first Scream movie, like I, I just thought that was so crazy of a concept to pull off, and it's uh, and they made it work. I mean, it um, made it work so well. Now I know Kodo Man hasn't seen the second Scream movie; he's seen the first one. But uh, even though, right, even right, though I was. Wait, what'd you say? No, I just said you know. I'm just saying that. Um, this movie does a lot of brand new concepts that we've never seen before. And the this movie's impact, you know, over 25 years later is like this movie is just as big now as it was when it was released. It's a big movie. Well, I wouldn't say like like I wouldn't say that not like Avengers level big movie. I'm just talking about like 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 the slasher genre movie like well i would argue it's better this one movie's better than the entire mcu oh i agree i agree with you now don't get me wrong i have seen some of the mcu movies in fact i mean in fact i i bumped into uh uh code into kodo strange i mean he's not in this i mean he's not in this i mean he's not gonna be in this i mean he's got other uh he's got other multiverses to uh worry about but with this movie but, but with this movie, it, it really does take you to the to that level. In fact, um, I know you mentioned the opening of the Scream Two. How about how, how about we talk about that that opening in the first Scream movie because it really sets the bar for what we're, uh, for what this movie is gonna uh, for what this movie is gonna get. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because because in the opening, I um, think we should go into the we should definitely go into the opening of the first screen movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We should definitely cover the opening. Um, I think this movie could. I think the first I think the original Scream has. I think it could be up there with one of the most iconic film openings like ever put to film. Like we see this young teenage blonde um played by uh Drew Barrymore, amazing actress. Yeah, I haven't she, seen her in that much a, stuff, she's an but amazing actress. Amazing actress. I mean, in fact, I believe if I remember correctly, this is one of her this is one of those films where it helped revive her uh, career. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard she has some uh, trouble. She she has a, like a lot of trouble in her in her youth. But this film really had uh, had the reputation to help revive her career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like one of those films where it helped revive an actor's career. Yeah, because she's been acting since she was a little girl. I mean, she's been acting ever since 1982. Like she was in the original ET from 1982 like she's been an actress almost her whole life but yeah i can definitely see in the 90s her career kind of like wasn't doing too hot but i would not be surprised that scream revived it like here's something you need to keep in mind is that she was in the movie for like seven minutes i I thought it was a little long i thought i I mean I thought it was a. I mean, to be fair, I thought it was a little longer than that. I mean, not the entire movie, but like the opening felt a little longer than I thought. Yeah, you're right, Coda man. I thought so too. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like Drew Drew's acting in that opening scene was incredible. Like, what the point I'm trying to make here is that she was in the movie for like ten minutes, and it's like 27 years later. Like, she's still. Like her character is still like extremely popular in pop culture, even though she was she was barely in the movie. She was I like think that first, really says uh, something about her acting. She was like the first victim, like one of the first victims in this in the open. She was like the first victim in the opening scene. Yeah, like she's the very first kill by Ghostface, and I'm telling you right now, I think she, her death has yet to be topped. I thought Scream Scream Five's opening. I thought it got pretty close to Scream One, but I still think that Scream One's opening is still the best. I would say it's the best kill in the franchise, in my opinion. The original still holds up. Sure, yeah, there, there are some other adaptations may may try to compete that, but still, the first time around still holds up. Yeah, it does. It does very much, and. The opening really sets the tone for what you're about to watch. You know, it just, it starts off as a normal, you know, call. And then, the, and then you know, it's like the suspense is a rubber band, right? And then yeah. as the scene goes on, you're just stretching it until it breaks. Yeah, like, it's like, like this is like trying to push, like, how far can I make this tension go? And it just, it just slowly keeps getting worse. Yeah, it really does because Drew Barrymore's character, Casey, Casey Becker, receives this phone call who I want to say was a friend of hers, but no, it was somebody else. It was, it was the man himself. That is right, Coda Man. It was the killer, Ghostface, who was, who was making the call. Yeah, absolutely. And the part, 
that got that gets me with that opening is that she almost got away. She missed her parents by pure seconds. Um, yeah. and then like, like she almost gets away. She almost got away, and dang, she got through ghost phase pretty well. She picked up a very good fight. Like she literally hit, she hit ghost phase like a few times prior to running away. Yeah, she really threw, she really threw in some good punches. Yeah, she did. I really liked how um, we're introduced to Ghostface's method of of stalking victims, and then he does the famous um, his famous theme where he asks the victim three questions about horror movies, and if they get them right, the person they're threatening gets to live. And she got two out of three. Uh, She got the last one wrong. She was asked, who was the original killer in the Friday the 13th films? And she said Jason Voorhees, but she forgot that in the original Friday the 13th, it was uh, Jason's mom was the killer. Yeah, Jason like, didn't show like, up till part two. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I always thought it was Jason Voorhees as the original killer, but no, it was actually uh, his his mother, his mother in the first mo- in the first movie, and I'm just like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think that would be possible. You just gotta connect the dots. That's all. Yeah, but I really liked the idea and. I have to give a shout out to the voice actor who does the ghost face voice. It's one of the most iconic voice work I've ever seen. Roger L. Jackson. There isn't a day that goes by. That's right. That's his name. Um, Roger L. Jackson is the the, voice actor for uh, Ghostface. Yeah, his voice work as Ghostface is some of the greatest voice work I have ever heard in my life. And his voice work keeps getting better with each passing sequel. I think his best performance was Scream 5. Like, his voice work in that was amazing. I think my favorite Ghostface line was... uh, I don't think I'll spoil five for you, but there's a there's an amazing scene in Scream Five where he's chasing this poor helpless teenager in a wheelchair, and Ghostface is on the phone with her sister, and he, and, she, and he's just going, "All right, I'll give you one chance. I'll only kill one, you know, like because uh he has her boyfriend knocked down on the floor, and and she he has the teenager's sister on the phone, and, she, and he's telling her that she has to make a choice, save the guy or her sister. And I and I love the voice work in that one. Like my favorite he goes, I'll be sure to hit all the organs that I missed last time. You know, it's actually, just so uh, can I I actually gotta confess something right here. I actually um I actually I, I actually saw clips of Scream 5 as well. And from what you just mentioned, that was the scene that I saw. Wait, that was the scene that you saw, Kodo Man? I mean, wow. Normally, you gotta watch the whole movie first, but hey, you know, the internet, I mean, it's the internet. They're gonna post stuff online. Mm hmm. Yeah, Scream 5 is current. Like, Screams 1 and 5 are my top two faves, and my top three is 5, 6, and 1. Um, but, uh. Did you know Jenna Ortega is in both films? Yeah, she is. She plays. She's. She plays the main girl's sister in those. But it's. It, 
It's complicated. We'd have to save that topic for another time. But for now, we're just focusing on the original movie. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. I was just mentioning five because I think it has Roger's best voice performance as Ghostface. But yeah, had to give him a shout out. I hope someday that they they come up with an app that you can put on your phone where it makes your voice sound like Ghostface. Because there isn't a day that goes by that I wish I could prank call friends Ooh, with that, that's, with that that's voice. A good idea. Yeah, I would love yeah. to do that. Back to the movie itself. Um, so we, we discussed the opening, which is amazing. Like, what did you like about the opening, Koto Man? Well, what I like about the open, what I like about the opening, obviously, of what we're, uh, is basically the built up of what we, of what we're gonna get throughout the rest of the movie, like how uh, Ghostface literally kills the first victim. Not only that, but there was another victim as well like, during that time. It was, uh, it was her, it was her boyfriend. Her boyfriend also got killed too. Yeah, that was another iconic moment. Um, and a funny story regarding that scene is that. Before mom and I started watching the first scream, she gave me a heads up beforehand. She goes that don't her exact quote was something like, don't worry, it's not that violent. And then, you know, seven minutes, eight minutes go by. And then we see the dude like Drew Barrymore's character watches at her as her boyfriend's stomach got sliced open by Ghostface. I just remember thinking, oh, yeah, so it's uh, it's not that violent, mom. And then that, and then that final shot that we see of Drew Barrymore's character, like Ghostface, literally hung her body from a tree with the phone cord because she was dragging her to the tree, and she had a death grip on the phone she was using. And then her parents, her mom, falls down on her knees screaming when she sees her body hanging from the tree. Yeah. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. It was terrifying too. And then yeah, I and, know. And then after that, after see, and then of course, um, her parents. And then her parents was were was her parents were were shocked about this, which also leads into which also segues into our uh, into our main character named Sid named Sydney, who's being played by Neve Campbell. Um. Or I think you I think it's pronounced Nev Campbell. Oh, is it actually Nev Campbell? I mean Yeah, I believe I mean, yeah, no, Nev I'm... Campbell. I yeah. think I believe it's Nev. That's how I say it, but we're say so we're segueing into uh the cast and I'm saying this right now. Sydney Prescott, as far as I'm concerned, she is one of the greatest female leads. In horror film history, I think she's up there with the other. I think she's up there with the other girl from the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and then yeah, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy, and then um, Jamie, and then Jamie Lee Curtis, and then Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's up there with them, and Ellen Ripley. She's up there with them, as far as I'm concerned. Like Nev Campbell, I'm so happy that she was the one picked for this role. Like she's one of the greatest actresses like from the nineties. I've had a crush on Nev for a very long time. Like she is an amazing, amazing person. I hope I get to meet her one day, but 
she is amazing as Sydney Prescott. I can't imagine this is her role. Like I know for a fact this is gonna be her most iconic role in her career. Yeah, yeah. It's the the one role like she's very this is the role that made her a name. Yeah, this is the movie that really gave her the career she had. Like, this is the movie. This is the this was her big break. This was her first time being a lead in something. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. She she was very good, and uh, and not just and and not just her too. Like the entire cast in this is one of the things I like. I love most about this movie is the cast. Like you have the icons of yeah the iconic characters of Gail Weathers played amazingly by uh, uh, Courtney Cox. You got Dewey played by David Arquette. You know you have Sydney's best friend played by Rose McGowan. You know you have Sydney's boyfriend played by Skeet Ulrich. You have uh, I'm trying to think you have Jamie Kennedy as. Randy, like the list is get Matthew Leonard as uh Stu. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, going back to Jamie Kennedy for a sec. Um, he was uh he played the video store guy named uh Randy Meeks. Yeah, for uh best yeah for Best Buy. I remember we watched one. We watched uh a documentary in one of my college classes at Eastern about the very last blockbuster, and uh. I remember they showed us a clip from one of the commercials that Jamie did. Oh man, rest in peace, Blockbuster, though. Oh yeah. Can we can we get a moment of silence for Blockbuster, please? Yeah, I mean, like not just I I would say not just Blockbuster, but movie rental places in general, like they're almost extinct now. Yeah. And it's really it's really a darn shame too. Like I loved going in there on weekends and just running out a couple of movies. Like there's gonna be generations now who are not gonna get to know what that feels like. And that breaks my heart. <laughs> it was a very special thing for me. It'll live on in our memories. I know. Yeah, we got we we got to experience it, so but yeah, like I was saying, like I think this movie has some of the most iconic cast like ever put to screen. I love the cast in this movie. Like I think everybody brought their A game. Like, do you so have a favorite character yeah. in this, Kodo Man? What? Do you have a favorite character? Oh, this. Oh, wow, that's actually a good question. Because when I, when I saw this movie, I haven't thought of like who's my favorite character. But if I were to pick a character that I actually like, um. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Ghostface in this in the in this movie, because he's like he's the main guy. He's like the main guy. Like he's the main guy. Like he's like he's everywhere. He's he's basically everywhere in this movie. Like like you could definitely feel his presence throughout the movie. Like his presence is felt throughout this movie, most notably from from Sydney, and then obviously another character who felt the presence. Um. Uh, the principal, the the high school principal. Yeah, um, like this movie does an amazing job of keeping the killer's identity a secret. So I mean, the the main the main plot is that the kill the killer is is most likely one of the students at the school, and we don't know which one that it is. 
Yeah. And so it's like who movie, can trust who? Yeah. Like even in this movie, like like even at the school, we at the school, the principal almost expelled two of the students who were wearing like the ghost face mask. Like like because they're just they're just fooling around. But the principal who is really wanting to he like you can definitely tell he cares about this school and like he doesn't want anything bad happen. Like he doesn't want this whole, all the he doesn't want he doesn't want all the violence to happen on this school, on the school grounds. Well, the scene you're talking about is that Sydney was in the bathroom and then apparently two guys dressed up in ghost face oh. costumes and and pulled a prank on her. And then the principal gave them a real, you know, a good beat down with words afterwards in the office, you know, giving them a slap down because what they did was extremely wrong. Like you have this poor young girl who just lost her mom just a year ago by this point. And she's been, she's been almost killed twice. And now these two knuckleheads, you know, are, dressing up in the very costume the killer wears and they're scaring her making her think that she was being attacked again like he wasn't going to stand for that he he actually had both of them expelled and then he and then he backtracked and then he backtracked i think well i don't know if he backtracked or not but he made a stance clear that he was not going to put up with any of that i gotta give him props like he knew how to make the rules yeah like like okay i can definitely see why like these two guys like they really went so they went they they literally crossed the line the film establishes that uh sydney's mom was was killed was killed and all she has is her father but the thing was the the, the thing was who was the actual who who was the kill who was sydney's uh who was the killer of sydney's mom yeah, and I remember that, you know, they're talking about the character of Cotton, which you see him like once and it's through a TV. Cotton is seen more in part two. Like part one, one of screen two's main themes is uh Cotton, but he is believed to be Sydney's mom's killer because you find out that she was having an affair with him and Sydney believed that he was the one who did it so he got arrested but then screen two then at the end of this movie you find out he's innocent that the two that the ghost face killer is killed Sydney's mom too which is revealed at the end but the movie does a really good job of keeping the killer's identity a secret like the whole movie you're gonna be you're gonna think it's this one person then you're going to change your mind. Like it's a guessing game, basically. Like a whodunit. And like I think, do you think the movie did a do you think the movie did a good job of hiding the villains? I thought, I thought, I thought it did a very good job because, like, throughout the entire movie, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to, you're trying to find out who's the killer, and it's like hinting like who's who's the actual killer until like the until the finale. Like the finale itself, like you get this big reveal. Like it's not just one guy. There's two guys. There's two guys who are revealed, who are revealed as the ki- who are revealed as a killer. And 
I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to tell you who the killers are. I think that I think we should definitely save that for the end. But I will tell you this: there are two guys who are who are the killers. Yeah. Every screen movie, every screen movie has two killers, but the third movie. Yeah. So anyway, um, um, I want to go back to the principal because he also met because he also had an encounter man with uh with the with the with the ghost with with Ghostface as well. But before that, we got a special appearance by um by the director in 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 the in in the in the scene where uh where the principal, who's played by Henry Winkler, he opens the office door just to see, like, why are the students messing around? Why are the students messing around? And then he's like, oh, those little students. And then we get this janitor who hears the, who hears, uh, the principal, and he's like, what'd you call me? Huh? Then the principal's like, uh, nothing. That was actually uh, Wes Craven in his Freddy Krueger outfit. Did you notice yeah, that's that? That's a nice little. Yeah, it's a nice. It's a. It's a, it's a very nice re- reference. Yeah, because like, because Wes Craven directed Nightmare on Elm Street, who is direct, who directed the first Scream movie. Like, that is a very nice call. That is a very nice attention to detail, and I think this was the only crossover they only. This was the only crossover they got. Yeah, I don't think they did anything else like this in the sequels. So anyway, a uh, Ghostface ends up killing the principal, and I'm just—I'm actually that—that that was the only scene. That was one of the few scenes that I, I was surprised about because I thought the principal would uh, go, would would live on throughout the rest of the movie. I didn't think he would get killed off that that quick. Oh yeah, he doesn't last long at all. Then you find out. At the uh, the party at the end of the film, you'll find out his, his body's been strung from one of the football field goals. Oh, boy. There will be a football game for that. No, sir. Yep. And then, uh, and then all the students were also partying, too. In fact, um, even before that, uh, the school announced that everybody's going to be going, going on curfew for, like, they're, they're, they got a curfew, but they already broke that rule. Just like, hey, let's go party! Hey, everybody, let's go party! Yay! Yeah, like the movie, um, Stu, Stu's family lives in this giant house. He's having a huge party, which you kind of wonder how, how, how the city let him get away with that, considering, you know, there was like a citywide shut, like a citywide curfew going on. Yeah, he was somehow able to have this huge party with like half the school there. For me, he's like he's he's my he's my third best character. He's my third best character. Sydney's my second best character. Uh, David Arquette's oh, yeah. character is my third. Yeah. And uh, um, he and oh man, oh man, oh, oh man, I'm skipping over the news reporter that Courtney Cox played because. She put because um the news reporter um she's like she started off as like one of those like like Courtney Cox's character is one of those like reporters who how do I say this like but like do you like know what but do you kind of know what I'm talking about Yeah so I think it was pretty I I don't know like I didn't like Gail Weathers till like the fourth scream um 
in the early Scream movies, I found Gail Weathers to be pretty annoying. Like, especially in the first two movies, like, my favorite scene in this movie, one of my favorites, is when uh, Sydney socks her in the face because, you know, she, like, like, Sydney and her friend are trying to sneak out the back, and then Gail is just right behind them shoving a microphone in their face, you know, and then, you know, uh, Cindy comes out with this idea. She acts like she's interested in Gail's new book, and Gail just goes, I'll send you a copy. And then just Cindy walks up and socks her right in the face, and she just falls right to the ground. It's very, very good scene. Was that Gail's copy? Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um, but so that was after when, um, when, when, uh, Sydney's, uh, when Sydney found out that, um, her boyfriend, her, her, her boyfriend, um, like her boyfriend, Billy, um, Billy, Billy, Sydney's boyfriend is Billy Lewis. Yeah. Billy got, because Billy got arrested because, um, because she believes, and so does the, the, the police. They, well, even though it was an, it was still, it was a, uh, it was a, an investigation that is still that was that was starting. Like they believe that Billy was the was the one who came into Sydney's house and and attempt to kill her. Yeah, because Sydney gets attacked at her house. Like the minute Ghostface leaves, uh, uh, Billy comes knocking at the window. Then they're cut. They're hugging inside Sydney's room. And then a phone falls out of his pocket. Then that makes Sydney believe that he was the one attacking her. Yeah, and this was put on the news as and this was put on the news as well. Even 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 the news reporter like like she wanted this story like she was she really wanted this story so badly. Like this is like breaking this is like breaking news. Like and and Gail, uh Courtney Cox's character, she tells this cameraman to come on, move your butt. We need this story. Get that camera rolling. We need the story. Get moving. Yeah, like, Gail is really, you know, in the first few films, like, she's very arrogant and doesn't care about anyone but herself, and she'll get the story by any means necessary. She doesn't care who gets hurt or killed as long as she gets a good story. Um, Like, Scream, one of my favorite things about Scream 6 is that ghost, the ghost phase in Scream 6 calls her out on the fact that her whole career is based off the suffering of others. Like, you know, hot take, but it's like, it's basically true. Like what happens is every, every experience she goes through in the ghost in the, in the scream movie, she writes a book about it. And then each stab movie, each stab movie is depicting everything she wrote in her books. Like the stat movies adapt Gail's books into film. Oh, oh wow. And that's why, and that's why in the first movie, that's why in the first movie, and that's all probably one of the re and one of the re- one of the reasons in this movie why why this whole book is mentioned in that first movie. Like, and then Sydney was like, I'll send you a copy. Punch. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the uh, movie, but yeah, Gail, dude, I gotta tell you though, I think I disliked Gail more than the killers, and that's <laughs> saying something. Oh man, hey, um, 
even the first Die Hard movie, they it, it, that movie had a reporter who got his comeuppance at the end. Yeah, I think I disliked him more than the actual villain, um, Hans. <laughs> yeah, and the the, the reporter because uh, the, the reporter got his at the end in the first in the first Die Hard movie. To which, by the way, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Oh yeah, but anyway, um, back to uh, back to Scream. I I like the support. I like Rose McGowan's character. Like, she's like one of the best, one of the best supporting characters for for Sydney. Like, I see her as a, as a as a caring friend of, of hers. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I liked about Rose's character as well. Uh, do you know her, her character's name? I, I can't remember. Let me, let me, yeah, let me, I can't remember her name, her, the uh, character she plays. Tatum. 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 That's it. Okay. Uh, but Tatum, she's like the ultimate, like, best friend. Like, she was there for Sydney every step of the way. Like, anytime she was attacked, she'd pull up in her car right away, and she'd be there to help her with anything. Like, she, as far as I'm concerned, was a very genuine good friend. Yeah, like I feel like guy. young and women, I, like young women, should watch this movie and pay attention and be like, okay, that's the kind of friend I want to be. Yeah, because like movies nowadays, like, oh man, I, I wanted. How do I describe the movies nowadays? Like, like some of that is like what we see in this movie. Some of that is lost in in the new in the new movies outside of screen yeah like i think what you're trying to say i think what you're thinking of is that this movie screen does a good job of betraying a good healthy friendship but today's movies the writing is nowhere near as good like it feels like it's just a it's like a look they're friends like them instead of you know showing us that they're friends they feel like they have to spoon feed us the information. Yeah, like it's shoving down people, like shoving down people's throats. Like, okay, I mean, like, yeah, they're friends, but show us that that they show, but show us that 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 they care for each other. Like, 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 Scream, for example, Scream is one of those examples, and I'm pretty sure there's a few other films that came out before before that as well. But this movie shows that. That Sydney and Tatum, like they're they're friends, but they show that they care for each other. Like they're always there. Right. Like we can see visually why they're friends. Like Tatum is very protective of her in every scene. Like going back to the scene I was talking earlier, you know, Tatum realizes that, that there's reporters all over Sydney's house. So they try to sneak out the back, and then um, Gail and all of them are are there trying to talk to Sydney, and Tatum's telling every single one of them, you know, to screw off, leave her alone. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's like the paparazzi. It's like the paparazzi are just like it's like the paparazzi are right by or right by her front doorstep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and. You know, while we're on the subject of her, tiptoeing back to the climax of the film where where we start losing characters, uh, I think, so, spoiler warning, I'll give a spoiler warning, but 
I think Tatum had the most violent death in this movie. She's up there with Drew Barrymore's character's death. Like Tatum got a very violent end. Like, what did you think of that? Oh, that was brutal. Like, like she was in this garage and she she went and she's inside this garage grabbing beer and she noticed that the door was locked and but the thing was like it was it was the it was Ghostface who was who was blocking her way but but then she realizes that it's the real deal like she 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 fights Ghostface she fights yeah. Ghost, she fight, she like fights for hers- her life to escape Ghostface but no. Like Ghostface had the upper hand. She tried. She crawls through this um, cat door and in the garage through the garage door. And I'm just gonna say this as a nitpick: Who puts a cat door on the on the garage door? Like, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about like garage door to open the door to the garage, but I'm talking about like the garage door that goes up. Yeah. Um. But I also thought it was really funny how at first she thinks that it's like it's her boyfriend, like Stu, pulling a joke. Like Matthew she Lillard. walks up to Ghostface and she, she's all like, don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. But too, anyway, because that was also dropped in the end of the movie, too, because. Because like in sequels, like we like like Sydney, sir, like. Spoiler alert, Sydney survives for 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 the sequels and but but Rose McGowan but Rose McGowan's character Tatum does not because uh Ghostface kills her by opening the garage door and she was stuck on this cat door and she gets crushed. Yeah, like she it's a very violent a very violent end. And then I think like not long, I can't remember if this scene happens before or after, but uh, we get the iconic scene. So we have a group of high schoolers in the house living room and they're watching uh, the first Halloween. And then we get the classic scene of Randy, you know, going over the rules of surviving a horror movie. And I love Jamie's performance in this moment where he's all like, what? You guys don't know the rules. <laughs> so he pauses the movie, gets up. He's like, guys, there are basic rules to surviving a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex ever. Number two, don't, uh, don't drink any alcohol. Don't drink any alcohol or, or do drugs. Beer. And then the third rule, the third rule, yeah. the third rule is, uh, don't don't leave the room. Don't say I'll be right back. Yeah. Stu proceeds to get up. Hey, you want another beer? Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that is savage. That is savage. That is so savage. And I just I just laughed at that moment. Like 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 he was because all the rules were broken. All the rules are broken in this very in in this very moment. It's like. Like Stu went. I mean, actually, to be fair, Tatum also broke the rules already as well, and so did Sydney. Yeah, and then and then Gail as well. Yeah, they, they all, all broke the. Of- yeah, they kind of broke the rule. Yeah, I and funny enough, Randy was the only one who didn't break the rules. Like I like how at the end when the killers are killed, 
he just goes like, I've never been so happy to be a virgin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh my goodness. All the rules were broken. Like, and that's, I say that's pretty meta too, because like, if you really think about it in like the slasher genre movies, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, like those rules were broken as well. Like every single rule was broken. Yeah. And uh, so while this was going on, so Skeet, you know, in the movie, um, Billy is is announced innocent and he comes to the party to make amends with uh, Sydney. And I love how we had a scene in the high school with Rose McGowan, uh, with uh, her character Tatum. Tatum and Stu are at her locker, and then Sydney's like, have you seen Billy? Is he mad at me? And Stu's like, oh, you mean when you brand him the Candyman? <laughs> I <laughs> I love that line. Oh, man, that, that's a good, that's a good line. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, that was a good, yeah, that was a good, that was a good um, line. So Billy shows up to the party to make amends with Sydney, and they go upstairs, and Sydney proceeds to break, you know, the rule that we discussed earlier. They're Rule sealing the deal, if you will, upstairs while the while the movie scene's happening. Then afterwards, they're putting their clothes back on. Then out of nowhere, Ghostface enters the room behind Billy and stabs them in the stomach several times. Then starts chasing after Sidney. And I thought that Billy was dead after that. I, like after that, like like getting stabbed multiple times. Like I thought he'd be dead. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good. You know, at the moment, everyone thinks he's dead. But apparently, it's a fake guy. We'll get back to that. So we get this very long chase escape. sequence. Yeah, he, huh? she escapes Ghostface, although Ghostface keeps catching up to keeps catching up to her. Like she jumps like two or three stories from the balcony and lands into lands on this uh, lands on this boat, all covered up. Ron walks to this news yeah. car and notice that. The, the cameraman is... Well, actually, I don't think she saw the cam. I, wait, no. Yes, no. No, the cameraman was still... It wasn't the cameraman. She saw Tatum's body um hanging from the garage door. Oh, that's right. When she climbed off the boat, the first body she sees is Tatum's. Like, she didn't know that Tatum... She didn't know that Tatum was dead until, until that very moment because Tatum was, at yeah. the, was in the garage grabbing beer. Yeah, exactly. And then... And then out of nowhere, and then what really is was also crazy too is that like, like the cameraman because the cameraman gets killed as well, uh, while while Gale and um, do Dewey right? Yeah, Gale and Dewey are, are going out for a walk because Dewey wants to get her alone because he wants to make make a move towards her because he's a huge crush on on her the entire movie, and then his and then his throat gets slashed. Yeah, his like yeah, the cameraman's throat got slashed, and and also and also and and this also comes to re this this came this also came to, came to realization for the two when they noticed uh, another car. There was another car there too. I think oh, I don't know what you're talking about Gale and Dewey find Sydney's dad's car like hidden in the woods next to the road. And start running back towards the house. And uh, meanwhile, uh, 
when they get back, Gail tries to drive off, off in her van, and then blood starts pouring all over the windshield. So she turns on the windshield wipers, and the and then the cameraman's body comes flying off the hood, and then she crashes into a tree. I mean, yeah, that was that was crazy. Well, 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 there won't be a story for her this time. Um. Well, so technically there was a story. Technically there was a story. Yeah. Now, do you want to go into the famous scene of the killer's reveal? Yes. And I'd like to hear your input. Um, when you were watching this for the first time, who did you think the killer was before the reveal happened? I actually had no idea who the killer would be. Like, I thought it would be Jamie Kennedy because as the guy who worked at the video store, he he's very heavy into movies, especially especially slasher movies. I thought it would be him, but no, that's not the case. Because until the reveal came out to be um, Stu and Billy. And I'm just surprised there was two. I was like, what? Why is there two? Yeah. Why, why is there two? I thought... There was only one killer. Yeah, I think that Billy and Stu's like uh, reveals I thought were pretty crazy. Like I like how Billy's I thought was very crazy where he just goes, well, we all go a little mad sometimes. Then he shoots Randy in the shoulder. And Randy's not dead. He's not he's not dead. No, but he's not dead. He survives. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Same with the same with I Dewey. Like how, same with Dewey as well. Did Dewey survive the first movie? Yeah, Dewey got stabbed in the back, but he survived. Um, but Stu's, I thought, was pretty crazy too. You know, like Sydney runs into his arms for comfort. Then, he, then he pulls out the voice changer out of his pocket. Hello, Sydney. You know, like hello, Sydney. Remember? Yeah. Like the reveals, I like that was so crazy. I never would have thought it was Stu, but what's crazy is I was watching a video like a year or two ago and it showed this cool little detail. The scene that I mentioned earlier where Sydney walks over to Tatum and Stu, where they're at when when they're over at Tatum's locker. If you pay attention, Stu is putting on makeup in that scene and he's using a mirror to look at himself because the scene before that Ghostface attacked Sydney at her house and she kicked him in the face multiple times. Oh so, yeah. So he was making sure that those bruises were covered so nobody would suspect him. That was a nice little hidden background detail you wouldn't have noticed that first viewing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, it's like, you don't even realize. I mean, it's just like, I didn't even put the pieces together. Like, like, first time watching it, like, it's like, you don't, it's like, you don't really know the first time watching it. But the second time watching it, you, you realize that, oh, oh, so now the piece that you put, now the pieces come together. So after the, uh, the killers were revealed, um, they also reveal that they were the ones who killed uh Sydney's mom a year ago and they framed uh Cotton the other guy. and their plan worked flawlessly and their whole plan was they were going to make it look like that Sydney's dad was the one doing everything but Sydney's dad but, was, in the, was in the action as well like 
Sydney's dad was in this in this scene too. Like he was captured by by the two. Yeah, they had him in a closet. What they were going to do was they were going to make it look like that he was the one murdering everybody. But Sydney managed to get away, and then uh, she dresses up in the ghost face costume, and then she calls. Uh, Stu and Billy, and she do, and she does the voice thing on them, and it slowly drives them crazy. And then uh, she manages to to get an edge. And then not long after this, we get a very iconic scene in this where we see. Uh, what did you think of when Sydney dropped the TV on Stu's face? Oh, it was. I find it to be satisfying. Yeah. That was like a satisfying moment, knowing the fact that Sydney just just defeated the kill, just defeated well one of the killers. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty cool. Like the last thing Stu sees before he dies is Jamie Lee Curtis in the first Halloween pointing a knife at Michael. That's yeah. the last thing he sees. That's the last thing he sees, and it's like he's getting a taste of his own medicine. Yeah, literally. Very and creative. Also, also, I also like this line that he said before this. He said, it's like, remember the line that he says? There's like this line that talks about sequels that uh, Matthew Lillard said. Well, he won't get a sequel this time. Yeah. Um, and I also like that line that he says about Sydney's mom. Because apparently it's revealed that Sydney's mom was sleeping around with a bunch of guys and it turns out that she was having she had an affair with uh uh billy's dad and it led to his parents getting divorced uh oh uh oh looks like looks, looks like some looks yeah like somebody's been messing around yeah then Stu was just like let's face it sydney your mom was no sharon stone <laughs> another iconic line well, well, unfortunately for these guys, they won't be getting sequels. Well, oh no. Well, actually, funny enough, dude, they find I I won't tell you, but you need to watch the sequels, especially five and six. They find a way to bring Billy back. I'll just put it that way. It's very creative and very cool. Like you cool. need to watch the sequels. I will definitely watch the sequels. I mean. Um, I mean, I don't have uh, Paramount Plus. I mean, I, sadly, I don't have Paramount Plus, which is where uh, Scream Five and Six are on. But, um, I will find a way to watch watch them. All right. Um, and and um, oh, while I'm on the other, on the subject of sequels, um, did you know that Matthew Lillard went on to appear in two live action Scooby Doo movies? Oh, of course I did, dude. I those movies are part of my childhood. I watched both of them all the time growing up. He is Shaggy. Live action like, Shaggy. He literally looked like he walked out of the TV. Like he was so perfect. Like what? Like, dude, the ca I'm telling you, dude, if I had to pick one movie where the casting was too perfect, it's the live action Scooby-Doo movies. The yeah. actors they picked were so perfect. Yep. The best casting I've ever seen. One of the best. I mean, I wish the I wish the the writing and CGI for that movie would would have been better. Well, it was the early. Like, dude, those films came out in two thousand two and two thousand four. Like, 
CG was still in the origins mode at that point. Like it was a brand new thing still at that point. That's true. I yeah. guess they were just like it's not as bad as other stuff I've seen. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, uh, yeah, like it, th- those movie CGs have dated. See, those movie CGI has dated slightly better compared to others. But uh, getting back to uh, Scream, um, how did you think of Billy's demise? Like, Billy's demise, like, I find it, like, I find it hard to believe because, like, the, the first time, he got stabbed multiple times, but he's still alive. But he literally, like, come, like, I find it hard to believe because, like, every time Sid, like, like every time Sydney tries to, like, stop Billy, like, he just keeps coming back. Yeah, like, he keeps getting multiple injuries, but, um... I guess I could be adrenaline playing a role at this point. Um, but like he's really hell bent on winning. Like he wants the like he wants to win by any means necessary. And I thought it was really cool how Sydney killed and beat him by playing his own game. Yeah, that's like like, like, like that's like going back to what I said about getting a taste of uh, getting a taste of your own, like, a taste of, of the, a taste of the enemy's own medicine, like, yeah, um, bingo. Stu got a taste of his medicine, and now Billy's getting that taste of his medicine, but, but it wasn't just Sydney who also, who was doing this, too, but it was, the, but the news reporter, Gail, comes in to stop, to stop uh, Billy as well. Yeah, like, I think it was very cool that Gail actually did something to help for once in this movie. Like she actually ends up shooting Billy in the shoulder and she saves Sydney's life. And I like how she's like, I didn't forget the safety that time, bastard. <laughs> you know, like I thought that because earlier she tried to shoot him, but she left the safety on. Very clever one liner. Oh, yeah. And wasn't and I, I think there's there's also a moment where wait a minute, the killer the killer's not dead yet. Wait, what's gonna wait? Yeah, is the killer dead? No, the killer's um, not dead. One more, one yeah. more shot to the head. Boom. Yeah, that scene was very cool. Like Gail, uh, Sydney, and Randy are staring at Billy. Randy's like, "Be careful. This is where the monster comes back for one last kill." <laughs> and Sydney's standing there with the gun in her hand. Billy, like, he opens his eyes. And the minute he does, Sydney shoots him right in the head. And she just goes, not in my movie. I believe Jamie Kennedy stole 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 the whole movie, too. I, I'm telling you, dude, he was one of the best characters in this. I like to think that if I was in a Scream movie, I'd be him. Yeah, I find him to be very relatable in a lot of ways. I feel like I would have, if I was in a Scream movie, I'd be him. Because I'm the giant, you know movie lover i know all the history on the movies you know and everything like that's me oh yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about i mean hey if if we if there's ever a movie that you and i will be in do you think we'll be in a movie together in the in the near future i feel i would be very good in a screen movie oh that that would be awesome that would be awesome like that would yeah. be, that would be a dream come that would be a dream come true like dude I could have a cameo that'd be enough for me cameo yes 
cameo will be good. A cameo yeah. will be good. Oh, and then, yeah. well, that's if we if we get a Scream Seven. Like I'm hearing, there, I, I heard they're still working on it, but I don't know if it's official if they're if they're filming it. I don't think they're filming it yet. Um, I think they're currently writing out the story. There's a lot of things up in the air right now. We have the current writer and actor strike still going on, so I don't know how long it's going to be before we get any more new updates regarding the movie. I don't know yet, but uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I like, but 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 for the movie screen, like the movie itself is so good, is good, and. And and for what is for what is worth, I say it's worth the watch. And and uh, and for the most part, like the story itself is good. The acting is very. The acting is is also good too. Especially there's not the, one bad performance in this. Not one bad performance. There's no. I mean, like everybody did their parts very well. Yeah, I think this movie has aged like a fine bottle of wine. Like this movie, like. This movie redefined slashers. Like, what's funny is after this movie came out, a lot of movies came out after using a lot of influence from Scream. Like, you have I Know What You Did last summer that came out the following year, which is another amazing slasher film. I recommend. Very good. You had then in 1998, there was Urban Legend, another amazing slasher that has pretty much the same premise. Very cool. Then in 2001, you had uh, Valentine, another hidden slasher jam. That's a good one, too. Like, that, every movie that came out after Scream all took huge inspirations from it. Yeah. It was a huge, successful film. You know what, Christian? I agree. I agree. Like, like, like this movie holds up so well, other movies took inspiration from the Scream movies. Yeah, I think when you have that many films taking inspiration from yours, I think you really did something. I think you had an impact. Yep, yep. So much, so much, so much impact. And um, um, then also to say this, even with the first screen movie, it took inspiration from other slasher movies that came before the first screen movie. Heck, I would even argue, I think the screen film, another thing I really liked about this is that the movie does a good job of, like, it. it the movie really makes fun of the cliches you see in horror films. Like, when Sydney gets her very first ghost face call, she says that the, she says that horror films are an embarrassment. Oh. Like, she says something a lot, like, she says that horror films, she's like, I don't watch horror. They're all the same. They're all about this big breasted girl who should have who went who went left instead of going out the front door. It's embarrassing. Actually, yes, I remember I remember her saying that. Like like almost every like like yeah. like, like like she's like you get this uh you get this woman, you get this woman and then all of all and then you get the killer blah 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 blah, blah and then like kind of like Like she makes very said. silly decisions. Yeah, like I get where she's coming from. Like they made the girl purposely stupid and helpless. Um, but the movie does a really good job, I think, of making fun of the cliches in a good way, of course. In in a very good way, yeah. What would you rate this first screen film, Total Man? Oh, if I were to rate this movie, 
I gave it a 10. I gave it a 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I would too. You see, I don't use the term masterpiece very often. There's only a certain number of films that I would give that term to. And as far as I'm concerned, this movie is a masterpiece. Like, I don't see any negatives with it. No. No matter how hard I I try, there is nothing negative that I can say about this. As far as slashers go, this is a perfect movie. Yeah, this is this is one of those like this is a one of those perfect this is one of those perfect horror movies or slasher movies that you can actually watch. I mean, I mean with the success of this movie, we got sequels. Because of this move because of this movie, we got sequels. Yeah, exactly. And, and- and it's still this gone. movie, I think, is even bigger now than it was back then. Like this, like Scream is so popular in pop culture, and I think it's only gonna continue to grow from this point. Yeah, like that's just a fact. And the movie is so popular. Um, we th- there's even ghost face masks. Oh yeah, like any Halloween store now, you can find ghost face costumes e- like easily. Uh, yeah, hey, look at that! Ghost face is popular now with the with the movies and the mask. Although, unfortunately, I'm just a variant of Koto Man. And you can find all the screen films on Blu-ray at like your local Walmart or Best Buy because yeah. they know they sell. Yeah, they they sell. But other than that, the, the the screen, the first screen movie, very good movie. Wes Craven did a fantastic job with this movie. It's like he knew what he was doing, like he knew what he was doing. And in fact, the writing for this movie is so good. Like the writer for uh, Scream, his name his name was Kevin Williamson. He was a struggling writer at the time, and. He he wrote this movie, and was inspired by reports of of a serious of a series of murders by the Gainesville Ripper. Like he wrote this movie based off of a, on a series of murders that happened. Yeah. And 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 with that and with that and with that screenplay that he wrote, and of course, putting in the cliches and satirizing the slasher genre from. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, among many other slasher genres, he 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 was able to write a story for that. Like, he did a very good job with it. Like, I say the writing. You gotta give credit to the writer for this, mo- for this movie. He did fantastic as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just very happy that um, I live in a time now where I can watch, you know, any of these Scream movies. I love these films a lot. It's one of my favorite franchises, and I love getting chances to to get to talk about it. Yeah. And Scream is just a '90s time capsule in the best way imaginable, and it's one of the greatest scary movies ever made, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I I say like this one, this this film holds up to this day as as one of if not the if not the greatest slasher movies of all time and i say one of 
if not the one of the greatest. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to to name like one movie like the greatest. There are all kinds of films that are amazing that deserve to share that light of amazingness. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I totally agree with that. Same with same with you. Yeah. Same with same with me here, Koto Man. Uh, but uh, Koto Man, I would like to thank you for inviting me on for another episode. And I gotta tell you, I think you picked a very a very good topic with it being um late october i think you picked a very good choice i think scream is a very good film to talk about and i'm very happy that i got to join you and talk about this film yeah you're welcome yeah you're well you're very welcome you're you're very you're very welcome oh and and uh thank you thank you uh koto ghostface or ghostface koto for coming on board yeah you're welcome i mean i, I was just wandering around i was just wandering around when i heard the screen film i was like ooh, i should come on board <laughs> yeah yeah but don't worry but don't worry don't worry uh koto strange uh the sorcerer supreme of cinema films is uh he he's out to do other he he he's doing other um he's in different multiverses right now so you don't have to worry about him showing popping up yeah but anyway i i would definitely say that's a wrap for for this episode and a wrap for koto cinema horror month so yeah, this is a this is a wrap. And for those who are listening, I hope you, you had had fun listening to to this episode. I hope you had a I hope you had fun listening to this episode. I also like to hear your opinions on this movie. What did you think of of the first screen movie that came out in 1996? Did you like this movie? Did you thought this movie was okay? I would like to hear your thoughts on this. But other than that, I like the film. Christian, DJ Apollo, you like the you like the movie as well. Right? I love it very much. Very. Same with me right here. Also, I would I would rank it a 10 out of 10 as well. Yep, 10 out of 10 for me. Yep. So, anyway, that's a wrap on this episode, and that's also a wrap on Kodo Cinema Horror Month. So, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. And my name is DJ Apollo. And I'm and I'm Kodo Ghostface or Ghostface Kodo. Remember to watch movies and have a happy Halloween. Stay positive and good night. Until next week.